Hello, friends. You're moments away from today's podcast, Beth Moore, Women and the SBC, a women's role in the church. We're going to handle all these topics and so much more on today's episode of Facts, Opinions, and Rants, so don't go away. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Facts, Opinions, and Rants with Stephen D. Mosley. Today's podcast is an exciting one because we're talking about Beth Moore, SBC, and a role of women in the church. Yes. Um, I'm excited because, you know, it's interesting enough, this podcast actually is on the same week that our Bible study, the Bible study I lead every Tuesday, um, we are actually talking, we're going through the book of 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 3, a couple of verses uh, uh, and passages I do want you to be mindful of. When we have this discussion. So I want to make sure we're talking about this and understand it's not my opinion. Ironically, you know, and it's called facts, opinions, and rants. Uh, it's not my opinion about what we're going to share uh, from the scriptures. It's really a question about appropriate biblical interpretation, right? And so a couple of passages I want you to meditate on. And we're talking about this in our Bible study this week. First uh, Peter chapter 3. Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even in so doing... Uh, even if some do not obey the word, they may be one without a word of the conduct of their wives. When they see your respectful and pure conduct, do not let your adornment be external, the braiding of hair and the putting on of gold jewelry and the clothing you wear, but let your adornment be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit which is, in God's sight is very precious. For this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves by submitting to their own husbands. As Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, Are you, uh, and you are her children if you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor uh, to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life so that your prayers may not be hindered. Uh, 1 Peter 3, 1 through 7. We'll look at a couple other verses. Uh, another verse that I would encourage you to look at uh, would be Ephesians chapter 5, uh, when it discusses the role of uh, husband and wife. Uh, Matthew uh, chapter um, 19, it discusses the role of marriage. Uh, Genesis uh, chapter... Uh, one, two, and three, as it talks about the uh, beginning plans of God for the roles of men and women. These are all great passages to look at. Uh, another passage that would be good to look at is 1 Corinthians 12 to 14, uh, when it talks about spiritual gifts. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, yet again, talks about spiritual gifts. Romans chapter 12 talks about spiritual gifts. And then I would encourage you to read the book of Acts, specifically look at the stories of Priscilla and Aquila. And uh, also look at the stories. There is a, a story in Acts about uh, a female prophet. So I want to encourage you to look at all those things. And as we do in Scripture, how do you determine meaning? Context, context, context. By the way, that's the, how you determine meaning on everything. Of course, when we read Scripture, we look at the historical, grammatical, literary, and cultural context to understand the meaning of the passage because we understand what the author intended for the um, recipient to understand so we can understand God's word, then we make the principalizing bridge to 2,000 years later, that's where me and you are sitting, by the way, to understand how does it apply to our culture today. We never use culture to interpret scripture. Rather, we use scripture to 
show us how we are to interact with the culture. And see, that's really a lot of what we're talking about. Now, of course, we're not going to go through everything today, so I kind of gave you everything up front of what we're going to talk about. But let's deal with the issue of Beth Moore leaving the SBC. There's a great article, and uh, if you're looking for... Uh, a couple of pointers here about or why Beth Moore decided to leave the SBC. I encourage you to read the article from the Christian Post at ChristianPost.com. Beth Moore to take a quote-unquote timeout from Twitter. Quote, I don't trust myself. See, friends, here's the thing. When we think of Beth Moore, and I know a lot of my friends who are listening to this podcast, you're political friends. So you may know Beth Moore because she's never Trump. She's part of the never Trump evangelicals. Yeah, and that does you know, shade the way you may look at uh, Beth Moore. Um, and it does shade how you may understand a situation. It's it's context, right? Um, sometimes, a lot of times, a, a, a wise pastor told me once, people, uh, Stephen, people don't believe themselves away from Christ. They usually behave themselves away from Christ. And I have seen that to be so true. And what that means is that people's experiences, not their theology, People's experiences usually directly impact their theology and their beliefs. And so when something bad happens to you, be very, very careful, my friend, because generally what happens is when something bad happens to us, that shades how we view everything. And so that shading is what happens, and we start using Sometimes we use we it will shade how we view the Bible. It shades how we in, interpret theology. Uh, it shades everything because we don't behave away from Christ, uh, believe away from Christ. We behave away from Christ, and that's the same thing with our theology. We don't, you know, we don't just generally what we don't do is what we claim we always do. You say, what do you mean by that? Generally, what we claim we do is we go to the Bible, like I just did, by the way, read straight from Scripture. And we say, I took this straight from Scripture. I interpreted it straight from Scripture. I did the grammatical, historical, literary context. Yeah, nobody uses that theological language. You can tell somebody here has a, a degree in Bible. Um, but the point is, we generally believe, hey, I'm taking my beliefs, if you're an evangelical Christian like myself, from the Bible, and I'm doing the best I can to apply it. And you know what? Let's say all motives are pure here. Let's say that's true. Let's say the reason why Beth Moore, which she says is the reason why on her Twitter machine, why she's leaving the SBC. Maybe, you know, let's say for a moment she really just studied the scripture and came to a different theological position. Let's just say for a moment. Okay, let's give that to you. Okay, well, isn't there a way we can test what Beth Moore is saying if it's true? Yeah, we just read the scripture and, 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 and do the same interpretive tools. And what would happen is when you do that, it will bring you to an answer on clear passages, right? And sometimes when you read through Scripture, you'll realize, hey, it could be one of these three different reasons. Other times you read Scripture, you go, no, it really can only mean this one thing. Now, here's the thing. You may say, oh, I don't like what Scripture has to say. Dude, hands raised, join the club. There's sometimes stuff that Jesus and the Scriptures teach that I go, yeah, I need to wrestle on that one. I need to meditate on that one. Or as my wife used to say when she talks to me about something, she'll go, I'll give you 24 hours to think about that, <laughs> right? Because you need some time to meditate on it. You need some time before you, you respond and say, yeah, you know, yes, Lord, I submit to your authority. If, you, if this is what your word says, that's what it is. Um, I remember a funny story that David Asher told one time when I was at Liberty University as a student. And he said he went to this podunk town. Well, he probably didn't use podunk. That's probably my word, not his. But he went to this town in the middle of nowhere. 
And um, they, they had a guy come and pick him up from the airport, and they're driving back to town, probably an hour away. And he goes, Brother David, what you going to talk about today? And uh, David was like, oh, I'm a little nervous to tell him. But he told him, he said, well, how God's going to ruin your life. And the guy's, you know, guy's driving along goes, huh, well, well, if God's word says it, I believe it. That settles it. So uh, ruin my life, Lord. You know, wouldn't it be great if we all had that type of faith? And it, sorry for my Southern friends who are listening. I know, as my wife tells me all the time, my Southern accent is terrible, which usually makes me do it even more. But my point is this. This guy had such faith in God's word that he's like, whatever it says, he didn't understand it, but he's like, I accept it. I want that type of faith that I trust God's word that much. And he knew David was going to preach from the scriptures, and that was the whole point there. But let, let's get back to Beth Moore for a second. Beth Moore recently left the SBC. You know, why did she do it? When you read the article, Beth Moore, a time for a Twitter timeout, basically. Uh, I don't trust myself. I mean, it shows some other issues. Like, there's some issues going on in Beth Moore's life. And here's what I've recognized with Never Trump Evangelicals, um, or as they call, or we call them woke evangelicals is they're like everything the left uh they take all the language from the left but only apply it to the right it's nuts yeah they will be like hey you you remember in the 2016 campaign one of my favorite lines from hillary by the way was her basket of deplorables line you know and she was like you know you could take trump's uh, fan base and you could take them to half of them and they're what i call the basket of deplorables they're xenophobic homophobic islamophobic racist sexist blah 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 yeah these weak, uh, woke evangelicals, they actually believe that about their own people. They believe that about the SBC. They believe that about the denomination that many of them lead, by the way, um, which is like Beth Moore and a couple other Moors around the SBC. Now, here's the thing. you got to ask yourself, you're a Southern Baptist. Is it true? Right? I think that's an important question. But here's the part I have with, with the woke evangelicals. They're not applying it to everyone, right? So I'm upset. I'm 2016 woke evangelicals. I'm never Trump, right? That, by the way, I was never Trump. Yeah, Stephen D. Mosley. I was never Trump, 2016. I was a principled never Trump, though. It had nothing to do with, oh, he's just nasty. He has bad language. He's mean to women, right? None of that crap. It had everything to do with, dude, you don't have a track record on policy. Because when you're voting for president, guess what you're voting for? Are you voting for someone to go to lunch with? No. Are you voting for someone who's going to uh, be a great member of your church? No. You're voting for a policymaker, right? So you need to understand what are their policies. And President Trump did not have a track record of supporting conservatives and conservative policies. That is the reason to be never Trump. None of this other garbage that they came up with, right, by the way. And if you notice, they weren't consistent in 2020 when they were evangelicals for Biden because Biden was credibly accused of rape by Tara Reid. Mm -hmm. Yes, he was. I don't remember any evangelicals going up there and going, you know, Joe Biden has just been terrible for 40-some years. You know, I don't remember them when they talk about racism that they go back. Even though Kamala Harris did, if you go back to that debate, Kamala Harris, to her credit, called Joe Biden out on not wanting to, to – his reason for not wanting to desegregate the schools. He didn't want his kids to live in a, in a racial jungle, right? And now I've been around all types of people in Fairfax County. I ran for school board, and, and some of them were really great people who really wanted best for every student. And to call some of them out, some of the people, currently sitting on school board, by the way, they wanted what was best for them. They wanted what was best for their community. Uh-huh, if you know what I mean. I'm sorry, but Joe deserved to be called out on that. The disparity in the justice system that evangelicals are so crazy to talk about now? Well, who wrote that law? Who wrote Clinton's crime bill? Uh, was it Donald Trump? No. It was 
the most popular president in history, basement Joe Biden. Complete pass. Who told a female during a caucus, you're a lying dog-faced pony soldier? Hello. Was that John? No, it wasn't Donald Trump. It was, oh yeah, basement Joe Biden. Okay. Who was, what's the term they use now? Mansplaining. Uh-huh. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to use their word on them. Mansplaining to Sarah Palin in 2007. Oh, were you supposed to forget about how nasty Joe Biden was to Sarah Palin in 2007? He was smirky. All the stuff that if Donald Trump would have done it to Hillary during their debates, they would have been like, this is why we can't as good Christian people vote for him. But they didn't apply it to their, their savior, Joe Biden. They claimed Trump was viewed as our savior, which, by the way, yet again, I didn't vote for Trump in 2016 for actual legit reason, not the garbage that uh, the leaders of the SBC and uh, other woke evangelicals said, but a legit reason, no track record. Um, but they didn't apply the same standard to Joe Biden, right? Because it had nothing to do with that. What it had to do with was his appearance. And this is the thing I, I talk about the cute evangelicals here in D.C. And I got some friends who are cute evangelicals, and I call them out on it too. You guys care more about appearance than substance. And that's the problem when you have with Beth Moore and others like her, is that in 2016, she got upset because evangelicals were supporting Trump because he promised evangelical stuff. And unlike the former presidents, Bush and Reagan, he actually had teeth to his promises. He met with evangelicals and said, hey, what's the deal with the Johnson Amendment? And they told him. And he said, fine, I'm getting rid of it. I'm getting rid of it. And, and in principle, he did. He said, look, our Justice Department is not going to sue you for talking about politics, which, by the way, it's a freedom of speech issue. And churches before the Johnson Amendment were allowed to do it. And if you know the history of the Johnson Amendment, really, what the Johnson Amendment is about was really Johnson trying to punish his political enemies. It really had nothing to do with the church. The church just got caught in crosshairs, right? Um, judges. Church, Christians were concerned about judges. And Trump said, fine, you give me a list of judges. No politician's ever done that, right? You give me a list of judges, I will pick from your list. Done. These are the type of things the left usually gets from their constituents, you know, like the LGBT community, they get whatever they want. Um, you know, women, they, they, they get specific promises from Planned Parenthood and other things, and they do them. On the right, the Christian right, we've been voting faithfully for Republican candidates who would give us half-baked answers of what we want and enough so we can come out for them the next time. Whereas Donald Trump said, forget that, you tell me exactly what you want. And I'll specifically promise to what you want and how you want it. And then in four years, you can let me know if I earned your vote. And, of course, Donald Trump did because he promises made, promises kept. Theme of his campaign is what he actually did. Not, oh, I wanted to do this for you, but, you know, that those Democrats in Congress. Right? He didn't give you those crappy excuses that Republicans always give you when they need your vote. So... I know this first part. I could this whole this whole this I didn't even get to the fact of the day, right? Um, and I'm at 15 minutes, friends. But I want to tell you this: Beth Moore is leaving the Southern Baptist Convention, and this is what she says her reason, which is quoted in the article. Um, I am still a Baptist, but I can no longer identify with Southern Baptist. Moore said in an interview with Religion News Service. I love so many Southern Baptist people, so many Southern Baptist churches, but I don't identify with some of the things in our heritage 
that haven't remained in our past. Basically, if you, you don't know, the SBC uh, historically supported racism uh, in the form of slavery, right? Um, and they allowed their missionaries to remain slave owners, American, right? Um, now, of course, has SBC done things to try to amend for that? Yes, they had a first black Southern Baptist president, Fred Luter. Um, they've done a resolution in the 90s. But what she is saying is, I don't identify with some of the things in our heritage that haven't remained in our past. So what is she saying? She's like, hey, there's racism and, and slavery ideas still going around today. Um, she went on to say, let's see if I can find it in this article. Uh, yada, yada, yada. Uh, earlier in this month, uh, Moore elaborated on her issue with complementarianism, the theological doctrine that men and women have distinct divinely ordained roles in family and church matters. The SBC's 2000 faith, uh, Baptist Faith and Message teaches that a husband is to love his wife as Christ loved the church, and a wife is to submit herself graciously to the servant leadership of her husband, even as the church willingly submits itself to the headship of Christ. By the way, that comes straight from uh, Ephesians 5. And she says this, when you functionally treat complementarianism, a doctrine of man, as if it belongs among the matters of first importance, yeah, as a litmus test for where one stands on inerrancy and authority of scripture, you are the ones who have misused scripture, end quote, she tweeted on April 7th. Next quote, I beg your forgiveness where I was complicit. I cannot see for what it was until 2016. I plead your forgiveness and how I just submitted to it and supported it and taught it, end quote. Okay, so this could be two podcasts. I'm going to wrap up this one. But on the next podcast, I'm going to talk about what is the biblical role of women in the family and in the church. Is Beth Moore right? Or, like most of the Never Trumpers, has she just lost her mind? Thank you for joining us for this edition of Facts, Pains, and Rants. And you know what? We're going to go into another episode. Yeah, so this is part one of a part two. And uh, make sure you share this with uh, family, friends, and all within your social media community. As always, faith of a party, faith of everything. And when we come back, we're going to talk about what is the women's role in the church, family, and the Great Commission. 